chance to say yeah you're right we're too extreme we're too wild we're too out of control we're too full of our own shit but we have the chance to say hey fuck you you're wrong fuck you we're right because you have all made it to the dance because believe me this is the dance i'm david i'm mitchell i'm pumped up i'm ready now i'm ready Fired up. He should be. <laughs> he should be. Uh, you know what that's a reference to? It's a nope. wrestling episode. So it's I know re- it is, I assume so, but I'm pumped. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. So before the first ECW pay-per-view, Paul Heyman ah, gave yes. a little speech to his ECW locker room, which was chronicled in Beyond the Map, the movie. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he proceeded to do that. And that little speech part is actually also part of a Does It Offend You Yes song called Wrestler, which is awesome. If you like a bit of a dance Skrillexy type of like that big bass kind of like basically yeah stuff like that yeah um but it's got Paul Heyman like throughout the whole thing so you know sick that sounds cool it is cool yeah I like does it offend you yeah I've seen them many times how are we doing we're in the future yeah all right well, we're, in again, the future. Again, we're, we're not keeping this like kayfabe or anything, man. Kayfabe's dead. <laughs> kayfabe is dead. There's no point. Kayfabe oh, well, is dead. Oh, well, what's the point of doing it then? <laughs> what's the point in life? Look, Where's the point? <laughs> yeah, um, we have we have pre-recorded this tournament. Um, me and Liam are very excited to do this because it's a wrestling tournament. Um, only because, you know, Mitchell has come up with this um, and he is <laughs> sitting out of the decision making. So therefore, we have had to go to uh, one of our good friends who we have talked about wrestling before with many times, Richie from the Super Media Bros. Um, Tri- we... Trios tournament time. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to come in and play the third and be the trio with me and Liam. And we are going to, I mean, look, sometimes our tournaments get a little bit heated. Sometimes people get a bit emotional, Liam. It's going, to get, emo- <laughs> it's going to get emotional. This is going to uh, get emotional. We have- Thankfully, we have talked to Richie on two separate occasions now. One in which we did a wrestling quiz with him. Go check that out. He is pretty damn. He knows his shit, oh, basically. Oh. Mm. Um, and so, like, I feel like we're comfortable enough with him now that if things do get heated, we can be heated with him. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get it's gonna get spicy up in this bitch. <laughs> I will but, say, uh, Mitch deserves some props for the idea and the selections because some yeah, of these man. are oof. Of course, and also, and also, we couldn't have met Richie without the help from our socials, uh, with uh, one of which is our Twitter at Wait What Pod Trio, and we have a YouTube channel as well. Dean, Wait What Podcast, delicious stuff. It's all really. There's nothing new. Nothing new on there. It's all delicious stuff. Go and check it out. We have filmed content or recorded content, I should say. Oh, with, I've uh, got with, uh, so much to get through. Yeah, I got um, four so, hours, yeah. four hours worth to get through. Indeed, four um, and a half out. with the idle chat from yesterday. 
that we recorded in real time. <laughs> well, I got a lot. I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of work to do. Check out our idle chats over on the YouTube as well. Um, for the most recent one we spoke about. Uh, well, actually, no, sorry, this is in the future, so I shouldn't probably mm. shouldn't say. Um, check out our idle chats. Um, if we'll I go back already... and listen to go back and listen to the one we because uh, Women's World Cup will have finished by now or still nah. be going on. No, 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 it's got a couple of weeks yet. So it's still going. So go back and listen to the episode where we spoke about the age-old question, should female athletes be paid the same amount as their male counterparts? I found out quite an interesting thing today. Did you know that women's football was banned in the U- in the UK like from 1920s until 1971? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? That's crazy. Oh. <laughs> we, if, if no, no, because like during during the First World War, obviously all the men were away fighting wars. So yeah. women took up the um, factory kind of making munitions and stuff like that, and then therefore would play football in their spare time, and then created teams, and then actually drew like massive crowds to their games and shit. And when the men came back from war, the women's no, game was still popular, woman. and they were exactly, and they were just like, no, we don't want any of this because you know the government was a bit wary of all these groups of women like. Gathering together and oh, know, we can't have them gathering. They're going to well, want no, women didn't... <laughs> exactly, exactly. They want rights, and the FA won't get any money from women's games because all their games receipts were going towards they basically charity games kind of thing. But they were going towards causes that were supportive of like women's rights or like um, workers' rights, even just working class kind of like uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, the women's game was banned from the twenties and didn't come unbanned yeah. till the seventies. So I knew that. Yeah. If like, imagine if they didn't ban it, like the women's game could be as popular as the men's game right now. So if you want to go by on there by them figures, they might even be more popular. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, but you know, the world is the world is what it is. Men are the worst, and you know we've gone off wrestling. Um, yeah. Going to football. <laughs> uh, we will. Uh, I'll wait uh, for our good friend men, Richie men, men, men are men are the worst and men wrestle and there we go we're back on track <laughs> should we go should we, should we, should we, uh, should we move forward in time now should we move forward into the start of the episode yeah we'll, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll travel time we'll travel time and so we have Richie from the Super Media Bros joining us for our wrestling rivalries tournament how are you doing Richie I'm pretty good how about you guys yeah, yeah, man. We're good. We ready. We, we we were just saying, uh, we we're just saying to everyone listening about how when we do these tournaments, sometimes they can get a bit heated between between us and everything. Uh, thankfully, we have done two episodes with uh, with you before. We have done. We know that you know your stuff about wrestling, um, so we don't have any problems getting heated with you if it comes to it. So I hope you'll, you feel the same about us. Say what you really feel. Don't hold anything back. Nope. Oh yeah. Good. No work, no work, no work here, brother. It's a shoot. <laughs> Don't work yourself into a shoot, brother. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Mitchell has come up with this tournament. Um, he has picked out 32 of the Agar prefaces is the greatest WWE only rivalries. Um, main majority of them have been main event throughout the years, so um, unfortunately, there was no women's rivalries in here it's mainly just the, the men's ones but we did um, make we, a point we did make a point of saying i don't know if we recorded or not we made a point of saying that there is a few that we would mention but we feel like it wouldn't be until a few more years down the line that you'd be able to look back and be like that that rivalry was great that rivalry was great it's more like honorable mentions i.e all the four four horsewoman stuff pretty much becky when all this new stuff with ria oscar etc 
we can't really look yeah. back at the um, the divas stuff and really call it main event feuds, can we? Let's be, let's be honest. Yeah, it doesn't quite. Get to, so yeah, that that that's our little explanation just covering our ass there. Yeah. Um. So um. Literally, still... that's your PSA. Don't come for us. That's a PSA. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everything explained. Like I said, WWE only rivalries. I don't think there's AWCW or anything like that in there. Maybe we'll do that again another time. <laughs> if, if this you know, we can stretch it out. We can do WCW. We can do ECW. We can do TNA. We can do You're AW. not going to get TNA at all. You're not going to get 32 TNA feuds. <laughs> don't challenge me. Don't don't challenge me to find 32 TNA feuds. I'll do one with 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 like suicide, and then I'll choose Manic, and then I'll choose. Um, I even forget his, who he is. I forget who it is. Him, that one, and then the other guy. I'll get Curry Man. I'll get Shark Boy. Don't test me. <laughs> Are these all TNA wrestlers? Curry Man. Yes, Curry yes. Man was and Shark Boy. Yes, give me a brilliant. give me a shell. Yeah, don't get me started on yeah. Shark Boy. He was an underwater stone called Steve Austin. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic. They had him like eating donuts and shit. He had a massive beer belly at one point. Hey, yeah, yeah. Shot, he came yeah. back. He came back he like a few years ago and was fat. Still fat. Anyway. <laughs> go, Mitch, Mitch, go, Mitch, go, go, go. You know what happens when it's my episode. It always go, goes to shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm trying not to be here all day. Let's see okay. how this goes. <laughs> uh, day's finished this evening now. Don't count. Right. So I've got 32 WWE feuds. Um, we, you can judge them on the matches, the feuds themselves, the promos, whatever you think will put them over more than the other. Hey, um, than the other. He said a wrestling thing. He said a wrestling <laughs> thing. Yes, he's, he's learning. learning. He's learning. <laughs> he's getting over. <laughs> so we'll get straight into it. But the first one is Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant versus The New Day and The Usos. Okay. So first off, like the the way you set it out is obviously the thirty two, so it's like sixteen like yes. single eliminator basically. And yes. also um you haven't seeded any of these kind of things. So no, no, I I put them in the I put them in the brackets and then pressed randomize ten times and then didn't look at it. Oh, oh wow ten times. Wow. He doesn't he even know the bra- he doesn't even know the brackets. He's this is the oh, first wow. he finds out. He literally went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, close. Okay. So oh, so this is the first like... you're actually seeing the brackets yourself too? Oh yeah, yeah. we have no yeah. idea what's going on. Oh, yeah, this is great. No this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, chaos. So we, could have, so we could have like two really heavy hitters hit each other in the first round, but it seems like this first one, I mean, look, you will start off with Hogan and Andre, but that's, before you even get to WrestleMania 3, you've got them being friends. You've got the whole Andre being undefeated when he wasn't really undefeated. Um, you've got, obviously, Hogan being an unstoppable champion up until... Andre oh, finally right. turns on Hogan when he comes out on the uh, it's Piper's Pit, I believe. Piper, Piper's Pit, yep. Hogan's giving the interview and he said, Here's your new opponent. And Bobby Heenan comes out with Andre the Giant. Uh, a, all the stuff crazy. happened, all the stuff happened on Piper's Pit. Piper's Pit was like oh, yeah. three, four, three to five minutes long, and it was like bang, bang, bang. There's your point done. That was it. And it was, it was that was to the point, hmm. it was good. Everything happened. People getting coconut, Andre love- coming out. Even <laughs> <Paper> coconut. <laughs> Dude. Um, Gosh. The um I feel like the best thing about that whole bit is obviously like, you know, Heenan does the majority of the heavy talking for Andre to explain the story. And, you know, Hogan's pleading with Andre not to 
do this. And Andre just goes, I'm here to challenge you for the World Tag Team Championships. And then he, he, he grabs Hogan by the shirt, pulls it and rips his shirt off him, but also grabs the crucifix that was around Hogan's uh, neck as well so, and started cut him. Uh, so there's a great moment where Piper's like looking and just goes, you're bleeding. <laughs> for the whole moment, just like you're, you're you're bleeding. What's going so on? So many, so many great, yeah. so many great workers in that ring all at once. The, so big, good. the Hogan, the Hogan saying yes to the world against me. So I was like, "Will you defend the title against like, Andre at WrestleMania?" He just goes, "Yes." <laughs> how many so roids was? How many roids were in his ass at that point? He was off of his tits. <laughs> he was off of. He was. He could have legitimately just. Eight, Body, he could have body pre- he could have pressed Andre just legitimately with how many roids he was probably on. He could have just pressed like, him and just it was, kept going. It was 86. It was 86 oh, he was. Yeah. yeah, he had more roids than hairline. That's what basically his body was more roids than hairline. That's exactly what Hogan was doing. <laughs> Dude, Is that the a... same feud where he where that was when Hogan, um, Andre was like grabbing up uh, re- like uh, the people doing interviews and stuff? You know, like when he puts his hands around like his neck. Fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he just starts fucking slinging him back and forth and he puts his hand <laughs> over in his face. And stuff like that was great. It was, it was great. I was going to say about Hogan, uh, poor bastard. Even, even then, it was still like a $25 cab ride from his eyebrows to his hairline where it existed. Jesus oh, Christ. That's with discount for frequent flyers. That's frequent flyer miles. He got discount. Yeah. Because if you were to if you were to compare like that promo bit with what is the best promo bit of the other rivalry we got here, New Day versus Usos, the comparison would be the Usos versus New Day um, rap battle that they did. Oh, just so good! That was so good. Let's keep it PG. Just that when go rated R, like your boy Xavier Woods. Ha oh, ha! Jesus, that line, that it line. When I heard like two, that, three, it was like two weeks after like, everything came out with Paige. And stuff for like, me, for me, like, it was Woods's face. His face was like you. Like, it, I don't know if it was a work or not, but his face genuinely looked like that. Looked like he looked at him and said, "You son of a bitch! How fucking dare you!" <laughs> it's too too soon, man. This is like too soon. This is too soon. Too soon. No, that was fantastic. Because <laughs> so like, during that time, you know that anytime that you say it, whether it's a work or not, anytime you say anything that crosses that you know that invisible line right there, it's it's fantastic and it makes for great television. Mitch, you must have remembered some of that because that was you must have seen some of the like early USO um New Day stuff. Yeah, no, I mean it was... I didn't see anything from none. I didn't even I, I when I only found out about the USOs when I started watching again. Oh, right. I recommend I recommend and go and watching uh I New Day versus the Usos Hell in a Cell. I saw the <laughs> Usos versus Sheamus and Cesaro. Cesaro. Oh the bar. Yeah, yeah the bar. Their the rap battle sort of thing. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny too. That was so, funny. The thing is with that feud is that that spawns over like many years with uh, the, them switching roles. Like first the New Day were the heels and then the Usos were the baby faces. And then eventually like they kind of would switch um, roles back and forth a few times. Then it got to the point when Kofi was... Kofi Mania. It was Kofi Mania up, up to Kofi Mania. The they, Usos, uh, they had to run the gauntlet, the didn't they? They, they were exactly, like, now we, we, exactly. we bow out. Exactly, to yeah. show that level of respect they'd had from their past battles and stuff. And obviously the main big thing was that he did the Hell on the Cell match. Um, where they, Such a good uh, match. Each other. So good. Um, I'm kind of like Philandering though, because obviously, I mean, Hogan and Andre's got to go through, right? 
Yeah. Is it? I... The thing is, the only thing that the Usos one has got in their favor is is it did span for so long, and it was them two basically fighting for the fighting to be on the main card because they were just aren't they were just um, pre-show they were, they were pre-show matches all the time as pre-show matches, and the Usos just had constantly were just the face paint gimmick was that was what they were they were trying to break away from that. The New Day were trying to break away from just preachers. And then it got to what it got to. But it's hard to go against the power, the the, the, the slam. That slam. It's hard It's hard to go against it. I feel like it is two big hitters. It's two heavy hitters. That's a very good tag team rivalry. One of the best. It's one of the best. So what are you picking to go through? <sighs> I'd say Hogan and Andre. Same. Begrudgingly, I agree. And, I agree. Uh, yeah. The first, the, by the way, Richie, the first round's always the longest. Um, oh, yeah. We go through this over every single one. The first round's anyway. always the longest. <laughs> right. The next one is Randy Savage um, and Jake the Snake Roberts versus Ooh. Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Benoit is in this, and we are basing it solely <laughs> off of their matches and how we felt about their matches in that time. That time, not what we know yeah. now. I Just mean, look, forget, Kurt, forget, Kurt forget Angle it was Chris Benoit. Yeah, they had were like a great mm. rivalry. They had a great rivalry in the 2000s to 2001. Then they were team, tag team partners in 2002, which I loved. I loved mm-hmm. that they were a tag team together. And One up in each other. And then they probably had their best match ever, which was the 2003 Royal Rumble. Um, the uh, uh, Randy and uh, Jake the Snake. The main thing I remember from that is obviously after the wedding with uh, Jake presenting the snake in the box, and the after the aftermath with uh, the snake in the ring and Randy Savage, which happened. Which happened. Uh, I think I love the I love the story. The I love the story about Jake. Jake the Snake's told about when uh, what Randy said to him in the locker room beforehand. The story <laughs> yes. about that is so, is so great. About <laughs> about about um, Randy going nuts at him and just being like, just being like, is the snake been fixed? And he's made the snake bite Jake beforehand. Yeah. Like, that was crazy. That like, was nuts. <laughs> Let him bite off. you before, you know. You know, it's like shit, dude. I don't blame him though. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I mean, then I wouldn't. It's, I love the bit. I love how Jake tells it when he was like, when after he's bit him, he's like, don't move. Take no, take no, don't take no elixirs. Don't take no potions. Jake Just stay has, there and don't move. Jake has probably the actual best Randy Savage impression in the entire fucking industry. <laughs> oh, his voice isn't far off of it. It's just really low down. He's a really silent version of it. Randy, if you were basically if you stuck a battery up Jake the Snake's ass, you'd get Ra- you'd get Randy Savage. <laughs> it's just him amplified. It's so good. I think he told it on Joe Rogan's podcast recently. I think I've seen the video. Oh, that's right. where I saw. I saw it today. That's what. That's why it's fresh in my mind. I saw it today. Angle and Benoit had some great damn matches, though. Like Benoit did a lot of his best work in WWE, honestly. Like outside of his like Stampede shit, and he had great matches in WCW too. But I, I thought he just had like untapped potential as far as opponents went. And Kurt Angle, Angle and Benoit was probably. Like we, I feel like we got that 
<clears throat> instead of Angle and Brett because like that's the match I think a lot of people would have loved to see like Bret Hart like 1996 97 and Kurt Angle in his prime would be mm. fantastic but Benoit's in-ring work was just unparalleled during that run uh oh yeah it's this is like pre pre neck surgery as well kind of thing yeah yeah, have Benoit yeah as well yeah so like crazy bumps off I swear like they did the steel cage match on Raw, I think it was, for the Intercontinental title when Angle does the moonsault off the yeah. cage and misses. Crazy. I'm pretty sure Benoit does a head flying headbutt off the top of the cage onto Angle. Yeah, uh, he does. He does. Well. He does. I mean, so, he, he and the way he used to sell them things in them matches, you look like they both look like they were they were kicking seven stages of shit out of each other because the way they would both be selling it, it was it was the story, like you said, the story of them being against one another then they win the tag titles and then they're against one another again it's that typical there's always one up to zip kind of thing Kurt Angle it, was what, always I'm the pretty sure Kurt Angle until yeah. someone mentioned Benoit and then he would be scared because they, I swear they like, did it again the, didn't they they did, they did it again with Lesnar they did with yeah. Lesnar didn't they later yeah. on hmm. I mean look it's really what you prefer? Do you prefer the characters and the completely out there kind of stuff that they did with Randy Savage and Jake Roberts, or do you prefer the ring work and the chemistry that Angle and Benoit had? Some of the greatest technical wrestling I've ever seen. Yeah, chain wrestling as well. Yeah, yeah, proper chain. But again, in the back of my mind, can I, can I, in good conscience, put Chris Benoit through? I know I, I'm the one who said I this, can, it's like, can it's I, crazy. based on just his ring work, yeah. can I? I'll be that yeah. guy. I'll be that okay. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would I would prefer Angle and Benoit over Savage and Roberts. And it's not even to do uh, with anything other than I think the rivalry and the in-ring work was good because as much as I watched wrestling growing up on Roberts and Savage and Hogan and Andre and fucking all those guys in the 80s, I don't remember matches between the two like i remember with no. angle and benoit mm. and exactly and it's around the time when savage took his like year off and just did commentary in wwe as well like not long after that he was just like i guess i'll just sit here and tape my shit up anyway like just sit in costume at the table like that oh, man yeah, came that out funny. ready to wrestle <laughs> yeah. every time yeah. I, he always came out, yeah. gear. came out in his gear came out in his gear came out in the most flamboyant literally you, you'd go part the camera would pan past the desk in the match you'd be like right well there there's Randy, a great big fucking green and yellow fucking jacket with a fucking big like cowboy, cowboy hat. Yeah, He's yeah. just like, Jesus Christ. Fun, fun fact, Randy Savage's gear, like on him, he was the actual confetti that went into Johnny B. Bad's confetti guns at oh, really? WCW. Oh, <laughs> like, no, he, he himself was in there every time. It just wouldn't surprise me. Would not be a, would like, not surprise Randy, me. Randy, I, I need another jacket for this confetti gun, man. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Just get one out my bag, brother. You just you see Johnny B. Bad cocking it back, and he shoots it off, and every time it launches off, you just hear, dig it, really loud. <laughs> um, yeah, Angle and Benmore goes through. Oh, okay. It's a shame that we only got that so many years of Angle when he, before he went to TNA. Right, and yeah. then he had great matches there too. He had an entire plethora of people to work with. Like his his work with AJ Styles him and, was him and Joe. Awesome. Him and Joe oh, was God, yes. Dude, him and Joe was good. Joe Joe has everybody. Like I will watch anything with him. Like yeah. his his stuff <laughs> with yeah, <laughs> anything. Yeah. Right, so the next one is Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus Dudleys um, against oh. Undertaker and Mankind. 
Oh, 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 oh my! That is arguably one of the greatest tag team rivalries of all time, oh. and that is two of the greatest character workers I've ever seen in my life. Oh. That's Mick fucking Foley. Oh, that is man. you, you even, naughty like, bastards. Like, if anything, the rivalry was not actually the most famous moment because, no. like the. Rivalry they had in '96 when Mankind first came in, where you have like Mankind winning like first the first match, and then they have the Boiler Room brawl, and Mankind wins again. When like, Mankind wins that three Brian matches was... in a row, didn't he? Wins that yeah, three like, in a row, and then doesn't win again. Exactly. He just doesn't oh yeah, win yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, but uh, after the turn of Paul Bearer, I mean, they stretched that thing for ages, and then like obviously, as I was about to say, the most famous moment they had together was not even when they were feuding; they just kind of threw a in a cell match on a king of the ring one time and Mick Foley just went all right then, then I'm gonna I'm gonna fall off the top and it's yeah wild. obviously it's, it's just wild because like those guys just would pick up you know and go back like they would be back and forth because before that hell in the cell match happened they fucking had a tag match with Sean and Hunter before DX was a thing on Raw and that was before Taker and Sean's hell in the cell match so the fact that you had one point Mick and Undertaker teaming with each other, you know, mm. on a on a Raw was like, really? You guys yeah. beat the piss out of each other. All right, cool. And then next year we get the King of the Ring, like Hell in the Cell uh, moment. But And then on, on the other side for like car crashes kind of thing, you've got Edge, mm-hmm. Christian, Hardy, and Dudleys, which obviously you think immediately about the ladder matches and the Just, TLC matches yeah, that they sure. came up with. Um, obviously they did have like little kind of feuds in amongst each other um, at the same time. I remember a very good one with Edge Christian and the Hardys when Edge and Christian pretended to be Los Conquistadors and Conquista Uno and those with the funny walks and stuff. Yeah. And every time they would just want stuff, they'd just be, they'd say things like, um, was it Tito Santana? Or they just name like, they just name like Spanish Just say random, just say loads yeah. of Spanish, oh, just Spanish words. Yeah, yeah, just loads of random things. Yeah, Jose, yeah. Jose Antonio. They just keep their feet like that. Um, so yeah, uh, they... before they walked off, wouldn't they? They go, well, didn't they used to say like Ariba and then walk off like that, doing yeah, yeah. doing the stupid fucking walk. Yeah. Um, so you got that, but then obviously, as I said, the the main thing with the three of them is obviously you got the first ladder match, which happened at WrestleMania 2000. Which then begat the first TLC match, which happened at SummerSlam, SummerSlam 2000, and then the last TLC match at WrestleMania 17. I was um, there for that one. Oh fuck! Wow. That's oh, the, are you at WrestleMania 17? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? I was there for that one, and like, even as high up as I was, and like the seating I was at, it was still like the energy in that fucking arena for that match is like it was. And because, you know, just remembering it being there in person, that that's one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. And, mm. you know, with Austin and The Rock headlining, the crowd was just as amped and loud, if not probably louder during the TLC match than Rock and Austin, which is unfucking believable. Like tag tag teams getting just as big of like like reactions and heat for the, you know, Dudleys and shit than Rock and Austin. And that should have told you something even then. You know that these these three teams have something special, especially when in the ring with each other. I've watched that TLC two match like many many times because it was my favorite match for a long long time. I've watched that pay per view, and 
The thing that always gets me is I really wish Jeff Hardy had pulled off that ladder walk before he hangs onto the titles. Because if he'd have done that, then like that would have just put the match over the top. Yeah. Because yeah. If he'd have, if he'd have, and because the, the argument was what the amongst the um, Edge and Dudleys and the Hardys and everything and Christian uh, is that which spot should have ended the match kind of thing. Should it have been the ladder fall between with Matt and Bubba going through the two tables, or should it have been Edge with the large spear on Jeff Hardy? Um, I think. They, I think it's fine. I don't think it really matters which way it goes. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. It's, but if it's, Jeff Hardy it's, it's had pulled off, the, but if Jeff Hardy would have pulled off the ladder walk and then the spear, then that would have should have ended yeah. the match. But right. Regardless, I think. Yeah. I think for me, as far as that spot goes, uh, yeah, I would love to have seen him pull it off too. But the fact that he didn't also lent itself to the credibility of how dangerous that match is. Like to anybody sure, that yeah. would be like, "Well, this is all fucking fake and predetermined." Yeah, but these guys are still out there like taking these kinds of risks and. You shit. go fall off. Yeah. You go. You go and get speared off of a fucking belt. Go on. You go and you go take that. When, and you tell me it's fake. Yeah. Yeah. When Ed, when Ooh. Edge and Christian did the um, uh, Stone Cold podcast, I think it was on Stone Cold showed some of the clips of the thing, and they did the show Jeff Hardy being power bombed by Bubba through Edge. I think it was Edge mm-hmm. said like Jeff's out. Like after that kind of thing, he got knocked out. And also, like, obviously, with him spearing Jeff Hardy off the ladder, I think people asked him, like, when did you practice that? He was like, I never fucking practiced that. What are you talking about? It was no practice. It was like, <laughs> right, we're going to do a spot. We're going to yeah. you're going to hang off the belts, and I'm going to spear you. Cool, don't kill me. And in the that would have been it. And been cool, end, don't kill me. It was, and in the end, it was basically Jeff Hardy giving the edge of DDT, because, like, he comes down face first. You see Edge pop straight For, back up, kind of being just like, fuck. Yeah, he's just like, ooh. <laughs> but, yeah. I was like, WrestleMania yeah. 17 right. is the greatest is the greatest WrestleMania of all time, and I don't, I, I will stand by that. And there's not one better. That's close, but there's not one better. My pick, my pick is the tag one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, ooh. yeah. Wow. Mainly, Taker mainly because mainly because Taker and Mankind is moments can't carry it all the way through the whole feud itself. Was... It can't. It can't. The moments can't carry as much as. Well, I know there's three teams and they're all intertwined, but the story of all three of them and the saga of the matches that came from it, I just tend to, it's just, was that, that that was Christian Edge and Christian when they were doing the five, was it doing the five second pose? Five second poses, yep. All that yeah, stuff in between. So the, and the, That was the main, because the, yeah, they broke because up I, not long after that. After they won, yeah. they pretty much broke up after that. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't have the benefit of flash photography then and I was kind of pissed at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, to your with, point... With, Taker Taker had better feuds in my opinion. Like he his, oh, yeah. his feud with Mankind is a, a fucking legendary feud, but I I feel like he had far more like and also big time the ones. Hell in a Cell match. The Hell in a Cell match happened at a time when they weren't actually feuding. Main yeah. right. It, oversh- it overshadows the entire feud because yeah, it's bigger yeah. than the feud because the feud wasn't that good. Yeah, sure. we are agreeing a lot. <laughs> but we love, but, but we, lo- we, we love Mick Foley. Mick Foley is is oh, god. Yeah. End he of may, story. He may come up. Yep. He may come up again. We'll see. So the tag teams, yeah. Just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tag teams are through. Right. So the next one is Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar Oof. versus Ric Flair, Randy Savage. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Um, Whoa, uh, bitch. <laughs> oh. Nah. Right, Where right do we start? Where do we right start? Out of the gate. All, right, all right. All right. Rick and Randy was whatever I was growing up watching was the feud I remembered the actual most because of the entire angle they went into WrestleMania eight with, with them being like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to show Elizabeth off. Like what? <laughs> like, yeah, they just <laughs> insinuated that perfect just has this fucking like 
spread nude of of Elizabeth. They're like, we're gonna put him on the Tron and we're show it off everybody. And it's like, oh god. And Savage was just God. I remember covering this episode uh, or covering this this uh, event last year, and Savage was just fucking unhinged <laughs> just the whole time, dude. It, but the reason i love that feud so much is because savage was so unhinged about liz in real life that it was very believable because i'm pretty sure about 80 percent of the shit he was saying was fucking real okay and their their feud like carried on out of this company into a different company at one point yeah you know it's one of those like very long ones um Angle and Lesnar, I fucking love Angle and Lesnar. Uh, the sadly, the only thing that I remember is the fucking uh, bot shooting star off the top rope at WrestleMania, and uh, that's. I mean, there's, you know, a, that's, there's a sixty, there's a sixty million, sixty minute Iron Man match on SmackDown sure. where they swap roles where Angle's the babyface on that one. Right, of, I like, feel like I remember a lot of them, a lot of their feud also being comedic one-upsman moments backstage, like when the yeah, push-up when contest. Both babyface. Yeah, yeah, when, when the push-up contest. Uh, one of my favorite ones is when Angle drinks the milk and Lesnar slaps him on the back and he just spits it all. Like, oh, I can't. I, I don't remember if it was a diva, if it was an extra. I just remember someone getting covered in milk and it was just Angle's <laughs> Angle's face. And I liked I liked Lesnar when like Lesnar now still is now that he it's him talking and not a mouthpiece. I love it. I loved it then when it was him, not a mouthpiece. Because Lesnar, whether he's trying to be or not, he's funny. He can be funny. He, I liked this. I liked it when he had the money in the bank briefcase and the just the tiny bits he did with <laughs> with R Truth. He's funny. Lesnar's funny. Yeah, if, do you remember if when he needs to be? He's before, let, when, the, before the Guerrero match when he supposedly like doesn't hates the business or everything. When like he comes that. up with a sombrero, with a sombrero, starts, starts, starts yeah, dancing with the mariachi band. I mean, I mean, like to be fair, it. some people, like, some people might now people might find that a bit offensive, etc. etc. Listen, it's the business, brother. Things work. Guerrero. Controversy create controversy creates cash. End of story. It was great. Yeah. Lesnar is hilarious. And even then, I thought it was fun. And when even when he's not trying to be funny, when he was in that feud of angle, and so it's like when they were messing around about push-ups, and all of a sudden it changed and he gets serious. He's like, Well, I ain't getting I ain't getting shown up. I'm I'm Brock Lesnar. And he just go again. It, it, it was just them two together, their comedic moments for me were one of my favorite things about that feud. Because it was they were just gen angles funny. Not when he got older and when he was general manager and stuff, that was sad. I thought that was sad, but yeah, yeah. you got like you got like Rick, you got like Rick Flair and Randy. So the main thing was obviously Rick Flair saying I had her first kind of thing, and they got the um, a, a, was it a doctored photo they did where they're by the pool? Was that yeah? Was that Photoshop? It was photoshops. Yeah, yeah. So you know yeah. that's like like that was like one of the first times yeah. they ever done anything like that in the WWF at the time. Yeah, um, Matt Cardona did that, did didn't he? Rich, like last year or something, didn't he do that with someone else? Probably, probably yes. Yeah, he did um, something like that for someone else. It led, and it led to the WWF title match at WrestleMania Eight, yep. um, which you know, um, it's a decent match. I mean, probably should have main evented, maybe if it got, it got the title match. It two. absolutely should have main evented. I made a big argument for that on the episode yeah. we did on it, and and honestly, uh, just the fact that Flair is like, dude, 
fuck Vince. I'm going to blade anyway. Like that was because yeah. they didn't have a blood policy. And like Brett gets away with it, but Flair yeah. being Rick just does it like just... right on camera. And I'm like, dipshit. Like I could point the moment that Brett does it, but he's so good at hiding that shit. Like that's not the first time he's secretly bladed either. Like he oh, had a match with, the match with Bulldog in your house, 95 or 96. Um, he played God. with uh, Austin as well. He played not- with Austin um, for the Footless May for match as well. Yeah, good times. Good times with, with Brett always. But God damn. And, and this is a hard one for me to pick between only because like I recognize the match caliber and the and all the stuff leading with Angle and Lesnar. And I feel like that that damn shooting star press kind of like is his equivalent of like fully off the top of the hell in the cell. Because like God, that's oh the God. only thing they ever they only ever show oh. that shit in highlight packages. Like they always show that same fucking one. And it's it gets yeah. old. Like, there's Kurt's more to it. Kurt's you know? in that match. He's completely he's like he's hurt. Yeah, he's he done. He's, he's hurt. Match. Yeah, he's he's done. So yeah, that he's, match, he's, he's, that he's match I don't really like think of as much for the feud kind of thing. It kind of like brings it's like Foley, down, the reason it wasn't until afterwards when they had some good matches on SmackDown and SummerSlam yeah, right. 2003 and stuff like that. But or well, right. I think it's 2003. They said the only reason that Lesnar didn't die. Or break his neck because, because of how because of how massive he is. It's like the only reason Foley didn't die is because he's fucking indestructible. Both of them yeah. are just made of yeah. di- made of something different. Double tough, mate. Double I'll tough. Go, I'm gonna I'll put my balls on the line and I'll say Flair and Savage. Well, I'm gonna put my balls on the line and I'm gonna say Lesnar and Angle. Okay, so so Richard can have the oh, decider. Shit, are y'all making me the tiebreaker? <laughs> yeah, yeah you can be the show first tiebreaker. Show your balls. Show, your show balls. us All your right. balls. Okay. Savage and Flair. Ooh. Yeah. Savage and Flair. I mean, to be fair, in that one, there is no loser. There's no loser in that one. They, we, they both stand on their own. Yeah, and that and it sucks. Like, and the only reason that I lean towards Savage and Flair is just because like that spanned across several promotions, like and like before the big match at Mania and beyond, and it just. Fuck, that's a legendary goddamn rival. Like, so, so big. It's also flair. So, <laughs> flair. Yeah. True. Next one, Mitch. Next one is The Rock uh, the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin Oof. versus Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. Fuck! Oh, this is when Michaels got his, got, got, got given the Wonkai. So when he got oh, given the Wonkai. Well, I was even thinking about that. I was even thinking about the later one. I was thinking about the first time. When they, uh, when it's all about Jericho saying that he's the like, you know, that he's like he worshipped Michaels pretty much. He was oh, I, I, when I think when I think of that, I automatically think of the Jerotron five thousand <laughs> wash, mate. <laughs> yeah, man. I think of Michaels getting given the Wonkai. <laughs> I might be remembering incorrectly, but didn't Jericho like? Because Jericho being Jericho is obviously like saying like dumb shit all the time. Didn't he be like, Michaels, you broke my Jeratron? Didn't he say something yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. did. Yeah, you broke you broke my Jeratron uh, five thousand. You owe, yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a weird angle because it started out with like it came off the heels of uh, Michaels retiring Flair, and then Batista gets angry at Michaels for doing so. Jericho's the special well, guest referee. Evolution. At some point. Evolution that makes yeah, yeah. sense, and then yeah, yeah. yeah, but then yeah, so then Jericho plays special guest referee during a match, and Michaels um basically falls Jericho into beating Batista for one of the times, which makes Jericho just be like, hey, what the fuck, kind of thing. Then he throws him into Jericho on five thousand. Then SummerSlam happens, Michaels uh, comes out with his wife to retire. Jericho comes out, Jericho punches Michaels' wife. <laughs> And then Stri- Michael- in it, in it, like shoot up as well, he straight up yeah. boxes her as well. Yeah, 
Jericho punches Michael's wife, and basically the feud is so like hot by this point that they have the unsan- unsanctioned match at Unforgiven. Because then after Michaels beats the shit out of Jericho, Jericho then wins the title uh, later on in the little match that they all... The championship scramble, the one time they've ever done that. Um, mm. And then with him being champion, it then leads to them having a, a great ladder match on at No Mercy uh, against each other. I remember the spot because they both had the strap of the World Heavyweight title and were pulling it either side. That's like the main kind of like thing I remember of, of the of the match and the whole thing. But yeah, that's like the condensed version of their later rivalry. Mm. I'd say the earlier one just had the uh, the WrestleMania 19 match, which is a, a, probably the be- one of the best matches of that WrestleMania. And then you got uh, on the other side Rock and Austin, which is <laughs> which is Rock and Austin. So yeah, that goes through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty I much. Say, I was gonna say, say no more. Um, as as much as I love Jericho and Michaels, uh, both of them have had, and this this goes right back to the whole Austin, I mean, uh, Mankind Undertaker discussion. Both of these men have had better feuds outside of yeah. their own. Um, I, there's nothing else to fucking say. It's it's Austin and Rock. They had a they had probably the best trilogy of matches at Mania, and I know and there's memorable moments before that as well. But I remember them having a feud over the Intercontinental Title where Rock was great. That was great. The pager. Remember the pager as well. Pager. Yeah. 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 The pager, and it says three sixteen on it, and he does the face, and Austin's yeah. behind him and shit like that. They have so many memorable moments. So, yeah, so good. Rock, it's got yeah, Austin and Rock all day, all day. Don't even need to yep. discuss it. We'll discuss it later. No. Yeah, that goes through. Right. So next one is Steve Austin and Bret Hart Ooh. versus Edge and Mick Foley. Oh. Uh, I love okay. the match. Was, I love the match between Edge and Mick Foley. It's the best match on WrestleMania 22. Go on, Bridget. Uh, there's no discussion for me. This is Bret and Austin. The bar fucking yeah. I love Edge <laughs> yeah. and I love Mick Foley, yeah. but God damn it. It's Bret and Steve. Are you fucking serious? Like, not you, yeah. but like, this, fucking, this fucking generator has no has no brains, and it's proof that it's got no fucking brains. Austin and Brett is like god tier. Okay, that right. that match at Survivor Series when he came back after Mania twelve, and that that finish was fantastic. That match was fantastic. It made me because I was still fucking little mark back then uh made me a fucking steve austin fan even though he was a goddamn heel and lost the match i was i came out of that match a fan of his so and for me it's, it's definitely austin and brett no, I can't really argue. I can't really the argue other, with that, the that other, explanation. Well, yeah. I, really, I can't the, really argue with that. And I agree. But as I said, Edge and McFoley had the best match for WrestleMania 22. But the feud literally came out of nowhere because Edge it was the comes champion up. right up until WrestleMania when he probably should have defended the title against Cena, but no, they had to shoehorn Triple H in there. So Edge is left with, with just holding his dick and just don't know what to do. So like McFoley... Well, no, he was, left, the, he was left with Lita holding his dick. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Mick Foley just basically comes in like a knight of like shining armor, just kind of like just going, "I'll give you like a WrestleMania moment." And then they have the oh, he got a moment. He got the a moment fucking when, moment. There are so many great moments in that match at WrestleMania 20. I love the bit where uh, Lita is on Mick Foley's back and trying mm. to like give her a sleep or whatever, and Mick Foley just runs full pelt at edge and does the clothesline over the top rope where all three of them go over the ropes. Such, I mean, Lita has got like balls. She's taken. She's taken. She's taken yeah, some bumps. She doesn't mate. know she's where she's going to go. Bumps. Like when that with that bump, she you have no control. You 
you have no idea, literally, at some point, you've just got to let go of McFoley and hope you don't land on your head. And she's got neck issues already. It's crazy. Well, do you remember? Do you remember the bump she? Do you remember the bump she took after doing the suicide dive versus Trish on just like a yeah. raw, and she landed like a. She ended up literally like a fucking prawn, mate. She was folded yeah. in. She was folded yeah, yeah. in half backwards. That was a disgusting yeah. but bump. My point is. Other than the quick couple of weeks of build and that match, I mean, they had a little bit of afterwards after when they teamed up in a, in one night stand, but didn't kind of like go against complete to them. Nah, I don't really really counted. No, no exactly. it was literally just it so, was literally yeah. just like the aftermath of it. So exactly. So yeah, Rich poor Mick. Right. We've uh, poor Mick. We've fucking we fucked Mick off twice now. Hey, he's he's probably got another feud in here. I've got faith. Uh, I yeah, bet uh, I bet I see cactus. I bet I see cactus Jack and fucking Triple what's his name in here. <laughs> it would be Chainsaw Charlie in, in yeah, WWE. Santino Morella. Santino Morella and McFoley. <laughs> oh, the greatest feud ever. It's the Cobra versus Socko. <laughs> well, well, Mankind versus Val Venus. That, that, that happened for a few weeks. It <laughs> <laughs> did. Val Venus, put, Val, Val what, what, Venus won. He you mean, went you, over. You mean Mankind versus Manhood? Yes. Yes. Next one is Rollins, Ambrose, and Reigns. Versus Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. Oh my oh, word! God damn it! Oh, I'm your pappy. That Jesus seem... Christ! I know I helped come up with some of the views on this. This doesn't seem fair now because when it comes to Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns, like, are we encompassing like the the whole thing between all three of them kind of thing? Like, at what point are we putting that down to? Are we saying the point where they had a triple threat match, or are we saying just the whole story of the shield imploding and the aftermath? Because if, that, if that's the case, I mean, look, I mean, rest, wrestling went through a bit of like of a kind of like not so popular period in the early two, 2010s. I would say the Shields coming in and then the Aftermath Shield kind of like helped bring that popularity up to now where we're at a point where wrestling is a bit more popular today. The Shield and the Wyatt family, one hundred percent, was like what cooked me. Like when Punk had left, like mm. the Shield kept me around. Yeah. Um, Daniel Bryan kept me around. Fucking mm. the Wyatts kept me around. Like that whole era. Yeah. So like the Shield implosion and their whole fucking thing is super important. It is a super important story because now all three of these men are uh, world champion caliber people, and two of them currently are, and one of them has been three times in a separate company. One of exactly. them just bleed. One of them bleeds at the sight of an object. And the other one right. was Mysterio and Guerrero. Yeah. Such a good See, look, the WWE, the WWE, it's a WWE, the WCW, the WCW, yes, but I know, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's amazing. The only thing that's great about the WWE feud is that Eddie Guerrero's heel work, really. Eddie Guerrero was amazing, it's just amazing. The custody for a child on a ladder. Where the fuck was Vicky? They should have just hung Dominic on the ladder, like just, the, the just, thing yeah. above the ladder. Just, just, just hung him up, just hold on to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Dom yeah. on a pole match. Yeah. <laughs> who would have no. thought that this... 20, what, who would have thought, what, 25 odd years later, that little bastard would be the biggest shitbag heel in that company? 25, 15. Trained him well. <laughs> was it 15? I don't know. Time time gets away from me now. I've, I'm quite. The... The, if it, if this Eddie Guerrero Mysterio feud encompassed encompassed Halloween Havoc '97, then oh, you know we'd have, then that would have gone. That would have I, been, I, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got to push the Shield through on this one. It's got to be the Shield. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mitch, if you haven't seen it, go and watch 
go and watch the match from Halloween Havoc 97 between Eddie Guerrero and Raymond. At the time, it had been Raymond Mysterio Jr. It's that purple and black um, with the question marks on it. You know that one he wore a few years ago? Mm-hmm. That one. That's, you know what? Probably... I think it's when he, when, uh, when he fought... When, was it when he fought Dominic? When Dominic came out wearing something similar? He wore the purple and black. No. The purple well, and Dominic black. Dominic wore the purple and black. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dominic wore the... But yeah, no, that, no, I'm saying that's what he wore in 97. It's... It's fucking unreal. Rey Mysterio yeah. actually looks like a child too. He's about that big and he's about that wide. Now he's about that big and about that wide. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just wide. Now he's just wedge. Yeah. One, yeah. one of the greatest cruiserweight matches that's ever happened in that country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they kind of can't. They, yeah. The shield implosion has to go through. Yeah. Yep. It has to. So the next one next. is Bret Hart, Owen Hart versus Ooh. Cena and Edge. Oh. Oh. Cena and Edge. That was a feud. That's 2006 kind of like era. Again, it kind of got interrupted halfway through so that they could put Triple H in the main event for 22. Because he yeah. started off with the cash-in at New Year's Revolution, lost the title by Royal Rumble, and then got it back after Rob Van Dam had picked out for a little bit. And then they went proper into the Cena-Edge feud. Where they had the a lot of hot potato. A lot of hot potato with that title at that time. A lot of bouncing oh, yeah, around. Yeah, because... Yeah, but, I think like the major matches that those Cena and Edge had with each other. I think they traded wins, like Cena won, then Edge, then Cena, then Edge. I feel like you had a the, couple with Triple H and Randy Orton in and uh, dotted around in there between as if well. I remember, uh, if I remember correctly, like Edge had won the title from RVD in the triple threat match they had on Raw because RVD had just got busted for weed. Um, yep. Of course, they, they did. They did the SummerSlam match where Cena won, but then they got um, they got fucked from him basically, and Edge end up winning because the match was in Boston I remember because there, there, there was like the hometown kind of like match for Cena and then they did the Edge's hometown TLC match in Toronto where Cena was getting booed heavily and that's when he won so yeah. that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of like feud pretty much on and off like pretty much for like the rest of until Edge's like you know like turned baby face and then never really kind of like interacted with Cena again um because obviously they had the WrestleMania 25 kind of match with Big Show as well, which Cena again was kind of like shoehorned into a little bit. Um, double, double, so, that was a double AA, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But for Brett and Owen, man, I mean, for the it's just, Brett and just Owen, how, it's Brett and Owen. That's how Brett talks about that feud. You could tell that it's he's probably his favorite because, like, he they, he talks about how like at first they wanted to get his other brother Bruce to come in. He was just like, no, give me Owen. Because <laughs> yep. yeah, and then. Uh, as I said, like Owen, just they did the uh, Survivor Series match with the Hart family versus Jerry Lawler and his Knights, and Owen's getting more and more pissed at Brett for like, taking up all the attention. Um, he he walks away from that match, um, and then I think it's at Royal Rumble when he kicks yep. his leg out of his leg. Yeah, was it at Survivor Series? No, that was it. That was at the Rumble because they were wrestling the Quebecers for the tag belts. That's it, yeah. And he kicks his and leg out of his leg. And that's, that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. leg. Your leg. <laughs> yeah. I love that promo um, so damn much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bret Hart. Bret, uh, the best thing is because Owen Hart has done that, but Bret Hart still gets all the attention because he co-won the Royal Rumble right. uh, with uh, Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a title match uh, at WrestleMania 10. They do the coin flip where Bret's got to wrestle Owen first at the beginning of the night, and they had the best opening match Thank Probably you. of WrestleMania still. Thank you, because um, that's that's one hundred percent what I was going to say. That is that is the greatest opening match in Mania history, and mm. one of Brett's best, one of Owen's best. Uh, 
fuck. Like, and they and they even had that uh, cage match at SummerSlam that year too, and that was really yeah. good. Yeah, um, and, I'd say like the thing. Can't I mean, argue it. It's great. It's great storytelling. Like that, they just don't. They they do. They are doing it now in WWE more, I should say. But like, but they do. They do so rarely where you can you kind of get the motivations of both both guys. Like Brett doesn't want to fight his brother, but Owen's getting more and more pissed with Brett, and he wants to kick. Like, and he wants to kick the shit out of him. Exactly, and then they finally had the match at WrestleMania 10. Brett Owen goes over, and he's and he's low as ever. But at the end of the night, again, Bret Hart wins the title. He's been lifted up onto the shoulders of all the baby faces. And what does WrestleMania 10 end on? Owen Hart in the in the entrance ramp, looking pissed, just just giving him the most like "fuck mm. you" stare ever. Exactly, <laughs> just exactly. Really just, just, you can hear him and just that, like, <clears throat> like seething. And that is how you get people to tune in to Monday to, to Raw. The next week, because you want to see what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. Um, so as yeah, much as uh, I was Brett... there to grow up through the Austin one, Austin the Cena one, it's got to be Brett and Owen. It's Brett and Owen. It has to be. Yeah. Has to. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Brett and Owen has to. I was, um, God, I was eight years old when that WrestleMania happened, and I remember watching it, being just so fucking invested in it. God, I was just so invested in that. What um, year was that? 1994. Four, yeah. That would have been two. <laughs> would have been two. Thank God for the WWE Network. Yes, thank, yes, uh, yes. Thank. Well, yeah. no. To be fair, first yeah. time I watched it was on a on a VHS. My dad had it. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So that's sorry, yeah, Coliseum, vi- Coliseum video then. Yeah, baby. <laughs> for us over in the UK. Good old days. <laughs> yeah, baby. Coliseum video releases kick so much ass. But yeah, Brett yeah. Owen for me. Get the hearts cool. in. Next, next one, Mitch. Next one is Undertaker Kane versus Bret Hart Shawn Michaels. Fuck! Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> Damn! Undertaker <laughs> Kane was well, great. We but... got the first two real rivalries, all right? Because Undertaker and Kane are really brothers, and all the things that happened to them in storyline. It's so true. Happened. It's so true. <laughs> Kane, Kane, Kane is burnt. Undertaker yeah. is a dead man. Uh, Undertaker Bear killed is their fat. parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, he killed the their funeral parents. parlor went ablaze. Like, yep. fuck. Yep. Undertaker's power comes from an urn with nothing in it. Um, yep. uh, Eventually, Paul Bearer gets in that urn, but that's a different story. Yep, a that's different true. <laughs> um, uh, Kamala is shit scared of Undertaker. I don't write casket yep. badge. <laughs> yeah. And then he has like a hundred <laughs> different caskets that he brings out for everybody. <laughs> look, let's start let's start with Taker and Kane because obviously yeah. like yeah, look, Name me a more Kane... badass entrance. Name me a more badass entrance to the to, to during that time of someone who showed up, the Kane just turns up and rips the fucking door off, mate. Well, just with, rips the that, door off with red lighting even, the whole time. Even, <sighs> even before that, when Paul Bearer came out and said Kane is alive. Like everyone was just like, "Who the fuck is Kane?" Who the fuck, and was the fuck until, is Kane? And until and, months later, it was finally paid off, and we saw who Kane was. And then, even then, they didn't wrestle for months until WrestleMania, when yep. Undertaker finally puts him down with three Tombstone Pile Drivers. Yeah. Then they have an Inferno match, which everyone remembers because oh. his arm on fire, which was crazy. And then uh, they teamed up for a little bit, and then they ah, oh, the Brothers of Destruction, the Brothers of yes. Destruction, and then they kind of didn't. The problem with the, the Gunter Kane feud is all the good stuff happens in the early parts. Yeah. Everything that kind of goes around everything. But when they didn't wrestle, all the storyline stuff was the good stuff. Then later on, when they kind of rehashed it in 2004, I kind of liked it because it was a return of the dead man character. That was kind of a 
decent thing. But Kane coming out mm. of nowhere and costing Undertaker the match against Vince in a very live match, yeah, it's just a bit of bollocks. Work. Isn't it that? Vi- um, isn't that the visual though of when the camera starts low and it comes up to Kane and he's just seething, just sort of like looking off to one side? Is that from that match or a different possibly. one? Possibly. I just I, I remember I, I I say I remember like that that moment happening and then it kind of built to the Royal Rumble where Kane uh, the gong goes off while Kane's in the Royal Rumble. And Spike Dudley comes out, and Spike Dudley gets the choke slam for on the ramp for his uh, for his troubles. Oh, yeah. um, was that the one where he flat- again? Was that the one where Spike flatbacks like to the floor? Yeah, to the ramp. More than likely, it was yeah. On the ramp, yeah. God. Yeah. Um, so Spike yeah, Dudley was- is made out of surgical grade titanium. I'm telling you now, that man <laughs> is just crazy, crazy well, the, tough. Rico and Femis is that. They had the one-two match uh, the first time. Then they had the one match at WrestleMania 20. And then in 2010, they had three matches. All of them are dog. All of them are shit. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's yeah. wild to think that that feud lasted almost the entirety of when Glenn Jacobs showed up as Kane. And it, until mm. Undertaker retired and until Kane became the, the fucking Tennessee politician. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Like, dude like <laughs> holy shit that that's a hell of a rival like whether they're together or fighting like that story was brilliant carried through all the way yeah. character the potential of them the potential of them coming against each other during the rumble or survivor series every year especially the rumble because the rumble was kane's territory he held yeah. the record for god knows how long yeah but I that was they had an awful match good. at SummerSlam as well, SummerSlam 2000, when they ended with Kane's bridge. A mask got teared off. And it was, oh. it was back when it was Biker Taker. Um, yep. look, uh, In- the thing is, you're comparing that to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I mean, the two did not have a bad match. And no. They also, and, and they genuinely fucking hated each other as you well. take that into account. Not at, and not at first, though. That's the sad no, part. No, like, you, first, can, you, can, yeah. you can trace that feud all the way back to the Rockers versus the Hart Foundation for the Tag Team Championships. And like, if you really want to go back to basics, like start there, then uh, they had a match at Survivor Series 1992 against each other Ooh. that was pretty yeah. fucking good. Uh, they've yeah. had a ladder match against each other that nobody really fucking talks about. Yeah, you know, and, and that but, was a yeah. fun match, and and then you got, but then you got the Iron Man match, which you know was um, like you know ambitious, but um, you know, but for, great, for, it was great, but you know, sixty minutes and no falls. I feel like I still feel that like that's a that was a bad move. Um, the whole idea of the Iron Man match is to have loads of falls, and then you right. just hold it off for sixty minutes and do fuck all. You know, it was uh, not a good good choice. But then they would have redeemed themselves with like. I mean, the, the, the Montreal Screwjob was a terrible finish, but up until that point, it was a really good match. Yeah. Yeah, but the, um, finish, is, the finish is everything. The finish makes that. <laughs> the, the finish, finish is, is everything. Everyone still talks about the finish. The so, finish you know. is everything about They say about but, it's a great match up until then, but that finish for the feud, for that whole question, thing. Yeah. Oof. The Screwjob is questionably, questionably the greatest, quote, work in the industry because nobody really still knows if that happened or not like for real for real um to the point that like that that rivalry transcended so much that to the point when on my birthday literally january i remember this like it was yesterday january 4th 2010 when brett comes back to raw to host it and sean is there and they for real go to the ring and fucking like bury the hatchet 
I got choked up as fuck watching that shit because I was like, these are like these are two of my childhood fucking like heroes of, in this industry, and I hated seeing them have like that much, you know, beef with each other like outside of the ring. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm glad like I, it's it's good to look at them being like actual buddies now and like see them like get along and like Sean being who he is now comparatively to the '90s. Uh, not to sidebar too hard, but I actually was on Twitter uh, the other day and somebody posted, they were like, if you had to pick between Sean's nineties and his two uh, thousands run, like, what do you pick? Like the other one gets erased. And I showed my balls and was like the, the fucking 2002 onward run to his retirement is what I chose over his nineties run simply because the caliber of work that he put in his match quality was much better. Uh, he as a person was much better. And if you think about it this way, if that happens, screw job doesn't happen. Goldberg never fucks Brett over, and he probably has a longer career than he had. <laughs> and those yeah, factors right. played into it as well. But so Brett and Sean, you, <laughs> you mentioned Goldberg. Goldberg fucks I. Dude, I'm I'm 100% on the fuck Goldberg train all the way through. Can we um? Can, can someone show their balls now and say which ones uh, they're gonna go for? Sean and Brett. Go on, Liam. I can't go against Sean and Brett. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. As much as I loved watching Taker and Kane as a kid, nah, can't. What kind of what kind of hurts like and Taker and Kane is kind of like the same thing, which you know is the longevity part of it. Is how it kind of like it got worse. Whereas well, like, it didn't really. It, Brett, the thing is, it never Brett. really had an end. It never had an end. It was a sort of we can. It was there, there was obviously them. It was. Beginning, middle, end, question mark, end, question mark, end, question mark. That's what happened. A lot of it. And Brent Sean had a pretty definitive end. Yes, it had a very much end. It came down to the the WCW. Yeah. So, yeah, Brett and Shawn Michaels then, Mitch. Yeah. Okay. And the loogie in Vince McMahon's face. That was the full stop. That was the WCW. Right no, no, no. Double stuff happened backstage with the uppercut. The oh, uppercut. yeah. No, that was the exclamation <laughs> mark. That was the exclamation yeah. mark. That was clump. <laughs> it's like, Vince, hold this. Hold my beer. <laughs> clump. Go on, Mitch. What's next? Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage versus Matt Hardy and Edge. Oh. oh it's about the same shit. thing. Oh, my God. So, we, so it's, it's about, the same thing, but it's about two. about a woman. Yeah. It's yes. the same feud, but we four finally... people. We finally got one where we can actually make a comparison. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who had the yes. better looking women? And they're both and they're both real as well, if you think. Yeah. You know, yeah. Both real. yeah. Yeah. Matt Hardy. Well, Matt, to be fair, Matt Hardy now, he definitely lucked out. He's doing better now than he was then. Let's put it that way. Plus, I think legitimately Rebby would kick the shit. Alia, just saying. Yeah. I reckon she'd she'd kick the shit out of her. Yeah, she's um, she's got that um like uh, I, she's she's got that that Latin fucking flair. Like, yep. she'll beat the shit. Like, <laughs> like, she'll beat the fuck out of you with her goddamn high heel. Doesn't give a the shit. Edge, oh yeah, the Edge, Edge, Matt Hardy, the feud was ultimately disappointing oh. because it didn't. It came about of a real life situation where Matt Hardy looked like spilled the tea basically and said everything that'd be going on between Edge and Lita. Then he gets fired for it legitimately. Then they bring him back when they realize that actually that might have been a bad choice because everyone's like really behind him. He Matt starts turning up. Exactly. We bring 
we will bring him back and then make it make some money out of it. And then they had like a feud with it. Edge and Matt Hardy and Lita managed to work together, which was, you know, amazing. amazing. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, Matt Hardy didn't really have a choice. <laughs> it's the other kind of like way of looking at it. Um, and then Matt Hardy kind of doesn't really get anything from it. He loses the first match at SummerSlam by blood loss, I think, if I remember correctly. So they made him look like a pussy <laughs> right at the beginning. Um he does the yeah, even though he was part cage. of Team Extreme, you know what I mean? He's he wins, a bitch out to blood. <laughs> he wins the steel cage. He wins the steel cage match by by doing the leg drop off the top, which they would then kind of like permanently fuck him, fuck him up his. Oh yeah, his like knees that. and his hips are fucked. Um, yeah, um, and then would go on to be drafted over SmackDown because he lost the Money in the Bank ladder match uh, with Leo getting involved, tying him up in the ropes and stuff beforehand. So really, I. Like, I know it came about because of a real-life situation. The promos between them was uncomfortable, really, because it was yeah. real. So, really, it was kind of... It like, wasn't you know, even like... It wasn't even like he was trying to make it look like it was... Like, yeah. you the could tell... Like, there was that you could tell that it was genuinely real. Didn't, they did, did he they, get... Um, did, did he get like, become version like, one? Did he become no, version yeah. one after that? No, no, it was, was already been version one. Yeah, yeah, it was before. Was, it, was this like, when he had all the troubles and then went to TNA? Yeah, I know later. Later, what yeah, happened, I'm saying this was this was before, Matt, and then after comes. Matt, Matt had the singles feud with Kane, where Lita got married to Kane. Oh um, God! And then he went. Oh, then he went. Then he went down with the injury, and then the the, the stuff happened, and then the problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so I'm just yeah, getting the Matt timeline. Hardy. That's all. I'm just getting the timeline yeah. in my head. And Matt Hardy doesn't really recover from this. He didn't get become a bigger single star. It worked out more for Edge, but Edge kind of like. Wanted to get out of it as quickly as possible. You could. We turned him into the, turned him into the ultimate scumbag, didn't it? Yeah. Really. The bite list stuff. The bite list stuff was uh, was was uncomfortable because that was real. Them kind of like slag each other off kind of thing. That was yeah. that was not good stuff. Um, but the other one, Hogan and Savage. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> it was it was it was all about Elizabeth. It was again subtle over the time when they teamed together and Hogan's just maybe like putting a hand on like her a bit too long. Uh, Brandy catches it and he's just like, oh, they're, oh, they're hugging each other and Brandy's like, what the hell? You know, it was built up slowly throughout the whole kind of thing. And then the incident happens with her falling onto the stairs. Hogan carries her back and leaves Savage to get beaten up for, for the match. Again, you kind of see it from Brandy's perspective where he's being portrayed as a bad guy, but you're just like, no, nah, Hogan's clearly like carrying on with this what that's, the fuck? His, that's his woman what the fuck you doing bruv <laughs> exactly get your slim jim out of her brother shit <laughs> you got lust in your eyes <laughs> uh and bruce beefcake we're a little too soon i have to take his shirt off and come back sorry that was just a little, a little funny <laughs> thing that happens uh, <laughs> hey what are you doing no no not now bruce <laughs> uh um I, I mean, yeah, and it culminates in the huge match that they had at WrestleMania. Mega powers explode. I mean, yeah. The, the main thing about the feud is like they only had the one match, but they only needed the one match. Oh yeah, been it, up just, it only need one. Yeah, that's all you needed. That's all you needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, with an explanation and a description of it like that, you can't really go. Can't really go against it. Can't go against mega powers exploding, can you? Or yeah, imploding, maybe. should I say? So Hogan Savage and Savage. Savage and Hogan. Hogan and Savage, yeah. Right. That was uncomfortable though. That Edge and Hardy one was, that was rough. <laughs> that was yeah, rough. I, honestly, I really feel like that's what made me like go against it is the fact that it was just like. It was real. It was, it was yeah. so real. 
Yeah, that was a prime example of Vince McMahon being like, fuck you, money. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. What's next, Mitch? Uh, CM Punk, Cena, um, Austin, and McMahon. Oh. God damn it! <laughs> Just too, again, we kind of compare it to to authority kind of like uh, views. <laughs> so was this pipe bomb, um, pipe bomb versus pipe bomb punk? It was pipe bomb, pipe bomb. I ah, can't even speak. Pipe, pipe bomb, bomb, bomb punk. Say that fast three times. I can help. Pipe bomb punk. All right, that's once. Don't start. Um, oh, there's so much to so much to unpack. Again, Austin right. McMahon. Austin McMahon. McMahon goes you, over a long period of time. You can't, you cannot go against McMahon and Austin. That that is that was the quintessential feud of the entire Attitude Era. That was that was the Attitude Era. Yeah, it was. Um, Punk and uh, so, Punk and Cena had great matches against each other. They really did. Uh, their mm. their match at Raw and Money in the Bank were fantastic. I love both of them so much. It's hard to, for me to pick between those two matches for their feud, but. Was there really anything else other than a, you know, a fight for Cena and, or I'm sorry, for Punk to be taken seriously as like the number one guy in the company during that time? You know, I mean, look, uh, they had the that the pipe, they done the pipe bomb, they had the Money in the Bank match, and, and then, then like he, some of the Nexus, right? Some, yeah, yeah. Some, then he goes, he goes away, and um, as he goes away as champ. Um, and then they have the match with Cena and Rey Mysterio for the for the match. And then they poor Rey Mysterio, the man, he won the title and then lost it straight away. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at SummerSlam, Punk is fucked out of the title by Kevin Nash, and you know they, then they <laughs> Kevin don't, Nash. Uh... My sister texted me, "LOL, thought he was dead." Fucking love that. <laughs> yeah, so Punk Punk's um, great. And Punk turns babyface pretty quickly, and then we don't really see Cena and Punk for a little bit until later on when Punk turns heel, and then they have the uh, they kind of rekindle the their matches, have some great matches again. Um, Punk goes in. Oh, can Punk Cena gets injured? Punk gets injured. Can Punk turn heel? Really? Do you really ever turn heel? Yes. Yeah, but yeah, but no matter what happens, even when he turns heel, he will ever be. He'll always be. He'll always be loved. Yeah, he's always always himself though. That's the thing though too, and. Uh, Punk doesn't really change much about you know himself other than like turning up the prick factor a little bit more when he's a heel because he's already kind of a dick when he's a baby face and it's funny as shit. Oh, yeah. But when he's trying to be, when he's trying to like make the be like a nice guy to the crowd kind of thing. Right. Like he's trying to do it with a wink kind of thing. Honestly, some of my like, favorite, some of my favorite Punk stuff like wasn't even that was when he was like when he was doing the Straight Edge Society and stuff like same. that. Same. So when he was being a, when he got his head shaved and he was wearing the mask and he was just being a, just being a, again, just being a prick. Yeah, and it was great. And I love same the as the uh, chicken shit heel moment with Big Show on the ladder where he's unmasking him and he's where he like, pulls the mask and he's just bald. The thing that I love the most about Punk is that he feels like a fucking old school guy in the current industry, and it's so funny. Like he's really good with his facial expressions and be like, no, no, no. Like with that exact moment when he's getting his mask pulled off, he's just like and selling then, it yeah. so hard. Yeah. And then working oh, yeah. with Cena, Cena was the embodiment of like that time with modern wrestling. That was it. It was him. It was it was yeah. new versus old. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, it's Austin but- man though. Yeah. It's Austin same, McMahon. Same. Austin McMahon. I won't yeah. ever I won't ever forget that first stunner all the way up to the last stunner at WrestleMania. That terrible that was a terrible stunner, but I don't care. They, they were both I will terrible never stunners. Get, I will never tire of seeing McMahon get stunned. My favorite moment for that entire feud is Dr. Austin. That bedpan yeah, shot bedpan has been played. 
The first time, the first time, the first time I saw that, I was like, the first time I saw that, my dad was watching it on DVD at that point. No, um, on VHS, sorry. And he kept, um, he kept rewinding it and playing it from that point. So you'd get the Mr. Socko and he'd rewind it to the bit where he walks down, you hear, take it from here, nurse, and you get the punt. And then all of a sudden you said a bonk, pause, rewind, play, bonk, pause, rewind, play. He, to this day, to this day, he's got it on DVD. He will A, B, loop it to the point where you just hear, ah, bonk, ah, bonk, and he plays for 10 minutes. It just cackles. And I will sit there and I'll watch it. That, that, that bit there, fantastic. And then some of Absolutely the best shit with Austin and McMahon was when Austin was a heel teaming with McMahon and he's backstage doing the stupid shit, singing to him on fucking guitar and all this with stuff. With Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle with that cowboy hat. hat. <laughs> Jesus, yes. Like, Austin yeah. McMahon produced more memorable moments and matches and everything else in between. Uh, one of my favorite matches, like, before we move on, because it's obvious this is fucking winning. Um, one of my oh, yeah. favorite matches was the handicap ladder match at King of the Ring with oh. uh, both Shane and Vince versus Austin. Yeah. It's where the thing goes up, isn't it? Is that where the yes, where the thing goes up and no one knows no one knows who it was? Well, it's yeah. revealed it's revealed as it's revealed that Bossman did it the next um, on Raw the next night, but they yeah. they explained it so poorly because it's Vince Russo, so they, 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 they it was left open, but it was it was Bossman. Gotta explain um, it a certain way, bro. Yeah. Go on, Mitch. Next one, Randy Orton John Cena versus Sami Zayn Kevin Owens versus Bloodline. Oh, son of a bitch! That no. I will say the no. ke- the KO the the Sami Zayn KO Bloodline feud, arguably one of the best things in wrestling, current wrestling, one of the best things. There is a there is an end point to that one as well. That ends at the most recent WrestleMania, so yes. not counting what happened afterwards because nope. uh, Sami Zayn Kevin Owens has gone on to do separate. That is just things. separate Bloodline, no, bloodline stuff, and that bloodline is just. Stuff is- Fucking amazing. So yeah, because his bloodline is from... literally just Sami Zayn leaving. So from when Sam so from when Sami Zayn and KO No, it's from when Sami Zayn up first and teamed comes... up. No, it's from when no? Sami Zayn first goes to um, literally like the week after WrestleMania when Roman Reigns has got both belts and Sami Zayn is starting to ingratiate himself into the bloodline. That is like oh. that whole year basically wow. what we're doing here. Oh, so yeah. we've got to include Sami Uso. Sammy yeah. Uso is included, yes. Oh, we've got to include Jay not feeling very Usi. Yes, and we've got to include uh, Kevin Owens being involved in the title yeah. match and then the turn happening and then uh, the whole yeah, stuff on the title between Sammy and Usos and then going into the title stuff. Oh, so good. And so this good. is a no-brainer for me too. This is, this is without a doubt Owens and Zayn and the bloodline because, again, another WrestleMania where I I feel like that WrestleMania was one of the best in modern times. No no bullshit. Uh, that main event, knowing like him hitting those three hell of a kicks in the corner, like as soon as the second one was happening, I was like, okay, good, they're putting them over. Like as soon as that happened, I knew they were gonna actually like fucking take the belts off of them. But I was fucking crying because I'm like, this is so good. This is why I fucking watch wrestling for these like stories and shit. Never once did that with fucking ordinance. <laughs> Yeah, that was the one that just it just kind of like Orton and Cena, uh, Mankind and Undertaker, Taker and Kane all feel like those stories or feuds where McMahon's like, We don't have shit for creative. Let me dip into my bag of tricks. Literally. Ah, fuck it, Cena and Orton. Throw them on the pay per view for the title. 
You know, that, that's what it feels like every was that, fucking was that time. When, uh, was that when Owen had, like, he'd bicked his head and he was just chrome dome and when he was with Legacy <laughs> the, and stuff even, like that? Was this chrome whole, dome? Whole, yeah, it was, no, the whole fuse. Oh. The whole thing. He yeah, was like, chrome dome Owen at one point. Uh, when he, there was, was 2007. Yeah. There was yeah, 2007. There was 2007 yeah. where Cena gets injured and Orton becomes a champion and then they had the feud at WrestleMania 24 and then you go into like 2009 where they seem to be endlessly feuding with each other because Legacy are also involved as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, they on and off kind of like feud with other thing. And the thing I will, the one thing I will say about Cena or Orton is that like you could see the progression of them as better wrestlers when they face, faced each other later on. Because their TLC match that they had at 2014 to unify the titles is a really good match. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and yeah. Because they have both got to the point then when they were like obviously like really good workers, but they were also like starting to realize that you know the quality of the match is now something that matters more to the fans. Yeah, Cena was Cena by this point was starting to work out because then he'd win the United States Championship and start putting on some of the best matches of his career. So Cena, Cena and Orton to me parallels Savage and Hogan. Honestly, mm-hmm. as far as like you've got the larger than life guy that just shows up and his name is like there, and then Orton and Savage paralleling being the fucking workhorse of the do of those feuds. As far as yeah. Savage having like yeah. banger after banger of matches, Orton is arguably one of the greatest to ever fucking do it. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Randy yeah. Orton is probably the best modern professional wrestler in the last 25 years. Yeah. And it's his psychology. That does it more yeah. than in ring work. He's he's good on the stick and he's good at just everything in the ring going on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's got he's arguably a... one of the best finishers. Of yes. one of the best. Yeah, yeah. diamond car. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he, uh, Don, uh, the it's... diamond car could never be what the RKO is. Never. But he, he, Diamond Dallas Pace was was hitting people with a diamond car out of all positions way before. Yeah, Randy but the thing was... is. Has he ever diamond cut? Has Diamond Dallas Page ever diamond cutted someone out of a shooting star press? Not. No, but if he was, but I bet if they had a match with Billy Kidman, he would try and work out a way that he could. No, because Billy Kidman would do the shooting star press and land on the buckle. Yes, he would. would. Yes, but, yeah, okay. his name we've was, all seen that, that yes. bit. We've all seen that. Yes. We've all seen that clip. But he was reckless with that student star press, yes. Um, but yeah, it's got to be Sami Zayn and Owens versus yeah. the uh, 100%. Go through. Cool. same next one, Fair enough. making us feel oozy in here. That's right. <laughs> so the next one is Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels versus <sighs> Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Oh, uh, Sean double Michaels, double Michaels. Yeah, I mean, it can't be. It can't be Michaels and Janetti. Come on. No. <laughs> I think that is literally just that's just the super kick and through the window. That's pretty if much Martin, it. If Martin Janetti had ever got his life together at any point, he could have made a lot of money with Shawn Michaels at any point. Instead, he wants to act like a crackhead. <laughs> I, I I can't I cannot even in good conscience like consider Janetti and Michaels. It, it is it is yeah. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels by fucking far. Like, yeah, oh, that, 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 that that pair of WrestleMania matches. Yeah, that's all those guys to save it for later. <laughs> yes. Okay. So on to the next one. That's yep. the most one-sided one we've had so far. <laughs> I There's not other than the barbershop segment. Where that's what I'm saying. Literally, apart from the super kick, through. the super kick, which arguably is one of the worst super kicks he throws, and then two, him going through the window. What else? This is kind of really it. Janetti wins an Intercontinental Title match against Michaels on Raw one time, and no one remembers. 
Exactly. I still, I still laugh at the fucking sell that Janetti did to his super kick at their Rumble match where he just corkscrews in and out. I'm like, why the fuck did you even oh, sell yeah. that? Dude, you sort of like you got hit by a fucking like log swinging on a rope and Sean gave him the most gentle brush across the chin. He was just, uh, and he fucking <laughs> turns inside out. Like, dude. Sold it like Rikishi. So that sold it like Rikishi selling a clothesline to turn himself inside and out. Like, no reason whatsoever. Yeah. What are you doing, man? The next one is Shawn Michaels, Triple H versus Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper. Oh, oh God damn it. The uh, problem with Hogan and Piper is they never had a match. I'm yeah. just going to put it out there just like that, straight away. They, they had a yeah. match at WrestleMania have, 1, but they never had a single match. They didn't until Halloween Havoc in a cage yeah. in WCW, but this is WWE. WCW. So, exactly. Um, Sean and Triple H, this is this is a no-brainer for me as well. Uh, their match at SummerSlam 2002 was fucking fire as hell. Uh, we actually just mentioned a tag match that was on Raw not very long ago into the you know past, where it was Sean and Orton versus Flair and Triple H, where Triple H gives that fucking that minute-long sell to the boot to the face, and Sean just sitting in the corner like waving him, like blowing at him. Yeah, yeah, like. Those two have so many great moments as far as like feuding in their matches and then very comedic elements in moments like those during their feud. And not yeah. to mention the shit they did together into Generation X and, you know, the second and third run of that that duo. There's no I, I, bad I, I, run. I, I, For me, there's no bad run in DX. One of my favorite ones is um is when Michael's just going around super kicking people. And one of yep. them is fucking Sean Spears. He's like, hey, what's your name? Stan. Stan, pow. I just kick Stan. It just goes walk through super kicking people. All the things like that. They, they were just great. Yeah. yeah. But then they were great as friends. They were great as enemies. They're just them two together. Whatever, even if they weren't trying to be, it was funny. And it yep. was you, uh, the only bad thing about that entire thing. Them tights from 2002 and brown tights were atrocious. Mm. And I, but I can forgive it, but I can, and I, the haircut, yeah, the, the soccer mum Bob. I, can, I, but I can forgive him for it because he got his smile back. Yeah, exactly. I can, I can forgive him for that. And because of the fact that he actually wore cowboy boots with it, so it didn't look terrible. Like, I was like, okay, well, maybe <laughs> it's supposed to be like this. And then it came out that they weren't finished. I was like, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, Sean and his, Sean and his, uh, at his aesthetically worse was still better than fucking yeah. a lot of. I'm taking people. that taking that sledgehammer to the back as well in the cell. I'll let you off just for that. I'll, I'll uh, you can have the black. You can have the brown tights. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So triple triple Shawn Michaels, Mitch. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is Daniel Bryan versus the Authority versus <sighs> The Rock and Triple H. Brian and who? Your authority. So basically, Brian and Triple H, Brian versus Kane, Triple H, Randy Stephanie, Orton. Randy Orton. <laughs> J, don't forget J and J Security. Don't forget mm. them. <laughs> don't forget them. That came later. That came later. No, we're still there. It's really, well, well yeah. So it's basically Ambatista. <laughs> oh, Ambatista, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that Batista, but that 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 Batista bomb RKO combo he took as well. That was rough. But I'd say rough. it starts from when Daniel Bryan um, won the title from Cena at SummerSlam and then got fucked over by Triple H and Randy Orton from mm. that point up until WrestleMania 31. Gotcha. No, 30, sorry, 30, 30. sorry. Yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah. And so, was that? Yeah. that was in New Orleans, um, wasn't it? 
yeah, and I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, that story kind of sucks, <laughs> kind of, because they yeah, because Brian didn't get anything from it, and their original plan was for him never to get anything from it. Yep. It was originally yeah. not supposed to do anything in the Royal Rumble. It wasn't until the fans turned on everything they were trying to do with Batista that he finally got into the match. Batista, yeah, yep. and then not long after that, Brian gets his injury that shelves him. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. taking a tombstone on the steps probably wasn't a good idea. Mm. Well, I just, mean, yeah. I just no, mean in general. No, like, it sucked no, because, like, yeah. yeah, it sucked because, like, the build up to his eventual win that wasn't planned. And then, like, I hate saying this because I love the guy, but to all the suits in the back that were against it, they they had their they had their point proven to them. They were kind of, yeah, they were kind of right. They yeah. were right. Uh, yeah, but then he had the I mean, he had the great match. He had a great match with Triple yeah. H before WrestleMania 30, um, where they brought in. Um, the one thing that always got bugged me is that in the triple threat match, the whole Scott Armstrong coming out and like, like to be like a crooked ref, like that wasn't very well explained. I feel right. Like, that, no. that happens. That happens. And Michael Cole was going crazy on commentary saying about Scott Armstrong's like a terrible, like he's like a bent ref and stuff. I'm just like, when have we built up that Scott? Yeah, Armstrong's a bent I mean ref? Michael Cole. Patrick, Michael Cole was, trying his, was, a bent he was trying his best. Oh, he would have exactly. been perfect for it. He, he would have exactly. Nick Perfect. Patrick was a bent ref, but I didn't build up anything with Scott Armstrong being a bent ref. Um, but Michael Cole yeah, was doing uh, his best. Michael Cole was doing what he could. But then, on the other hand, you got Rock and Triple H, and again, I would argue not the greatest because although they did uh, the early stuff was good, I suppose, like with the ladder match at SummerSlam, they were always yep. kind of like against each other. You got some kind of like um, Nation of Domination promo oh. stuff, which you oh. it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wrong. Funny. It's naughty, it's naughty. Wrong. It's, it's naughty, naughty. Well, the mo- the funny. biggest, the biggest naughty, naughty was was X Park. He did the biggest yeah. no no. Yeah. He did the biggest um, no no. Um, yeah. Um, but then yeah. yeah, obviously Triple H becoming the game, and then Brock becoming the biggest baby face, and then they was should have had a match at WrestleMania 2000 against each other, but they didn't. Yep. But then they did it at Backlash 2000, and that's a fantastic match. Mm. They had the WrestleMania main event on the month of pay per view afterwards with Austin coming out and interfering. I feel like that's what they wanted. Austin, I'm guessing, wasn't available to were ready to do it in April, so they had to do it yeah. in May. They uh, they sorry. also uh, their match where. Uh, Undertaker returned as the American badass as well. Yeah, yeah. And the short in the short shorts. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. It's, it's it's Hunter and uh Rock for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think so too. Just because yeah. of the early stuff and their good chemistry. I'll give I'll, I'll go I'll go for uh for Brian and Neil Forty because it wasn't entirely his fault. It was swept out from underneath him. Right. So I'll give him I'll give him the sympathy vote because what he's doing now is amazing. So we'll just we'll give him his sympathy it's, vote. It's because like Tony Khan's letting him fucking be Daniel Bryan, but not Daniel Bryan. He's letting him be yeah. Brian Daniels in the American fucking dragon. <laughs> like God. He's doing, he's doing bits. But yes, yeah. Mitch. I don't know. I loved him. I loved him in WWE. Like, he's WWE the yes move. The yes, yes movement was great. Moments. I mean, I like the heel no, one, I the love... vegan champion was great. The heel champion was good. I love I love his commentary on Saturday Morning Slam when he's talking about resting bears. Oh, a bears. He did that. He gets a bear hug and he goes wild. He's like, I can barely stand the excitement. He, um, he did that recently when um, when when Claudio was wrestling and he was on commentary. He 
was in in a picture in picture. He was talking to Taz about bears. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes, I was I was walking to work and I was watching it and I I was I popped in the street. I started laughing because I heard him start talking about bears and that's the first thing I thought of. It was clever. It was I good. Love, I, lo- I love the man. Okay, cool. Sorry about that. So it's the last one of the first round. Hey, first round. Yes. Sorry, taking an hour off. <laughs> so it's Brock Lesnar Undertaker versus CM Punk Jeff Hardy. Ooh. Uh, fuck. Mm. That was a good feud, Punk and Hardy. They had a good match. The ladder match, I think it was. Yeah. But it's I as well. <laughs> I, I got to lean with that, honestly. Um, simply, and that's not even like me being a Punk fan, but like I, I loved how much, like, you had a straight edge dude going against somebody who had very public and still has had very public addiction issues. Uh, and it wrote it, it wrote itself, uh, the matches they had against each other were really good, especially the latter match. And I wasn't that like kind of the end of that feud because I remember yeah. Hardy. Yeah. Hardy went to TNA not long after that. I think. Hardy yeah, then, he. Um, uh, yeah. The Punk won the title and was standing over Jeff's body. The lights went out. Lights came back on. It was Taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they had a match so, on Summer and uh, SmackDown. I think it was the cage match afterwards, and then Hardy yeah. went. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, before that, it was kind of built up well because Punk at first was a uh, babyface champion. He had just uh, cashed in uh, the t- he cashed in the money in the bank on Jeff Hardy, sorry, because yep. he won it in the ladder match against Edge, mm-hmm. um, which yes. was like a massive heel move. But Punk is the babyface doing this, and right. like everyone, and he and he says legitimately, like I did it last year against um, uh, someone, and it was you know against Edge, and it was cool. But was it getting, so, was it getting Jeff Hardy? Like, isn't it Jeff Hardy is yeah, Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have the match at the bash, I think it is, where uh, it gets stopped because uh, Punk claiming that he got done in the eye. Um, yep. And so it was a DQ on that about a number of times in the eye. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of builds up to that SummerSlam match where Punk's like laying on the announce table looking up at Jeff Hardy on this huge ladder about to do a swanton bomb on him. And yeah, I, I think Punk has said in like since then, Kai Fing, I think he said that that's the one time that he's been like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, yeah. What, what, yeah. What, what am I doing? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a I mean, it's a sight that you probably don't want to see. Jeff Hardy's a big man. He is a big dude. Yeah. 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 Then, I wish. I. I wish. I wish that Jeff would just. Lesnar. Just. Stop. I'm. 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 I'm going towards Lesnar Taker because I was a very. Just, it was a very good. It's not just the late because not just the later stuff. Obviously, with the streak ending, and then afterwards, that's with the huge. Taker, with the yeah. Taker rematch with Lesnar flipping him off as he's passing out. And then they had that Hell in a Cell match where they literally tear up the ring and do so. Show. But then also before that, you've got Lesnar as the um, champion, like doing the first Hell in a Cell match, which is mm-hmm. a very good, very, very good Hell in a Cell match. Plus a bike chain match, which is there. Oh, um, I enjoyed the biker chain, man. That choke slam that he takes and walk, mate, he is up high. He gets take up Lesnar- high on that choke slam. Taker and Lesnar had really good chemistry back then in that number. And then they did it again in the following years. The, the, you could see uh, that the fact well. that they had the more the, the matches at the later stage when Lesnar when um when well both of them were a lot older, but Taker was Twilight years had been and gone. He was he was on borrowed time ten years ago. But you could so, tell the chemistry they had, you could tell how strong it was from the previous because they were just even when Taker got his 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 ass not silly they i know he was it's a testament to them both but i just think them two together was magic they so were I'm magic out to i'm leaving out to liam the massive jeff hardy fan 
the, the decision. I love. Listen, the Hardy Boy is one of the main reasons I first started watching wrestling. I love both of them. I wish that they would both get help for their problems because whenever one Hardy was up, the <laughs> other was down. It always was. One was up, one was down. Always. The broken gimmick is the the the, the proper broken gimmick was my one of my favorite things them to have ever done. But that Taker and, and Lesnar feud was better. Simple okay. as that. It was, but I prefer I preferred Jeff's feud between like Edge and Triple H. I know even how short it was for the title. I preferred that to Punk. I preferred that. And led to Jeff Hardy leaving the WWE. Ultimately, is kind of like a kind of sucky thing for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then we got yeah. we got Jeff Hardy in TNA. We got Willow. Well, we got the broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, know, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I liked. <laughs> I got, liked that character. Okay, I thought that character was different. We got him coming out of Victory Road. We got. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to talk about that. that's. That's just. Yeah. All right. Cool. Sad. First round's over. Yes. But that's the Undertaker. Yeah. 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 The first round is done. There's always the longest. It's always the longest. Yes. It's always the longest. We have to get all the all the nitty gritty out the way. Well, as you can tell, guys, uh, we are only through the first round of this tournament and we are already like an hour, well over an hour and a half in. So, uh, yeah, we're going to split this, end this episode here. We're going to split it in two. And uh, the ne- this episode should have come out as it usually does on Thursday. And we're going to have the second part of the episode come out uh, this Saturday. So you won't have to wait too long for uh, for part two. So, yeah. Uh, uh, we're just going to wrap up the episode. I'll hand it over to Liam to give us uh, the spiel that he normally gives. You are halfway through your journey. We're almost there. We're almost there. Until it is finished, you can check out all previous episodes available on all podcasting platforms. You can find us on Twitter at Wait What Pod Trio, YouTube Wait What Podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep on trucking. See you in part two. two. Three, one, two, three, let's go!